0: welcome everyone to bridge the gap my name is holden stefan roy joining me today is mr david weston who i don't know all that much about but holy crap this guy's vibe is like the most positive and kind and like i I don't want to say the word gentle no it's gentle it's a gentle energy that we have coming off the internets and the Communications, and I was like, This is so different than some of the energies I normally get when we up on top of a show like this, so I was so curious, plus you in the city uh we found you I think at some point, I don't remember exactly how it came to be. I heard the music, and now we are here, and we're doing this little interview and the point of this show is to go through your life story a little bit, understand who you Bird. are. And extract the little knowledge nuggets of your existence so as to better all of our existences and such. Plus get to know you better as like the person that you are, Mr. David Weston. On yes. that note.
1: Awesome. Thanks, for, thanks for having me on, man. It's
0: lit. Awesome. So I have a big proper story like opening question to get the ball rolling. But for that all to make sense a little bit, could you just let us know? Where you start your life? Because you say you came to Montreal. I don't know if you said it on camp, but you say you came to Montreal recently to me. And so where does your life actually start? The very beginning part? Yeah.
1: Yeah, words. So I was born in Quebec City. Um, so my mother is from Quebec. My dad's Australian. That's a pretty long story. Whatever. We can get into that later or another time. But I born in Quebec City, grew up there, lived pretty much my whole life there. Dope. And then a few years ago, I just got up and started traveling. So like I said, my dad's Australian. So I have my Australian passport, which made it easy for me to work there. So I just sort of traveled a bit, lived with my granddad and uncle, worked, made some money, and I'd go off and travel in Asia, spend it all, be dead broke, and come back and do the same thing. So I did that for a few years. So we're going to get
0: into that with more detail, I promise. Like, this is not the concise version. This is we're going to get there. But...
1: (laughs) No, this is this is just I'm going through it quick. It's all the hype, shit. I, I did coming. that for a few years. Um, yeah, I just traveled a lot through through India, Nepal, Burma, Vietnam. I'd go back to Australia, met some amazing people, worked, did all that to finally come back to Canada. I don't know, three years ago. Um, I spent a year or so in Quebec City because that's where my family was at. I hadn't seen them in a while. I was getting back up on my feet. Um, and just getting my shit together, and I've been in Montreal for like a year and a half now. Um, yeah, and I'm loving it. Yeah, it's awesome. I love Montreal. Very diverse, to say the least.
0: Montreal is hella diverse. I think at one point, if it's not still current, we had the most restaurants per capita in North America, which is one of my favorite stats. I-
1: i've heard of that that's pretty cool like more than new york which is actually pretty impressive impressive i'm
0: just gonna throw it out. Yeah. now new york will say we have a lot more undocumented people so fuck your stats and fair enough but i'm just gonna throw it out that i still love that stat um but we do have the proper opening question and we are gonna get into more of your story with details and that but it's cool that you traveled and stuff i really look forward to hearing more about that but um it all starts off with my girlfriend and she be washing the dishes one time, and she got her phone out, and she's playing that Black Eyed Peas song. The I Got a Feeling. Ooh. <laughs> Vibing. She dancing. She doing her thing. I look at her, and I have this epiphany. I'm like, when in the fuck did this song become chores Music? Because like if you think about this song, you run it back about a decade or so, you're going to see how this is the middle of the night song. Everybody jumping around, super drunk, having a time of their life when it's on. You run it 10 years into the future. The song doesn't change at all because it's a song. But we as people change so much in our evolution that it goes from being like the party song in the middle of the night to being this almost song we play when we're doing some boring stuff like working out or whatever and we want to go back to the party song in the middle of the night but we're not there anymore because we're all getting kind of older and stuff and it got me thinking about Mm -hmm. the evolution of music and our relationships with it on the journey that we go on you know how them little 20 year olds be out there clubbing doing their thing maybe they like drill maybe they like the electronic stuffs. but either way that's the soundtrack to their dishes in the future And they don't even know that when I heard the pop smokes and the things like that, it just kind of jumped the line a bit and went straight to dishes music for me and I was like it's wild how the relationships with music works but then I thought about us as artists right and how people be telling their stories and everybody as an artist seems to start around the same place like this adolescent coming into yourself point where like maybe yo I'm 12 and I discovered rapping or singing and I started or like they started writing and it's all like when their identity gets formed as though nothing ever happened before that which is kind of weird because music's been around like our whole lives and stuff like there's a good chance in Quebec City when you popped up. But there was some sounds being played in the room that he was getting absorbed up. You may not remember it and all. And like I, I say that because I can't remember being like five up in Montreal. My dad's got all these gray boxes around the room. The preamp and the amp and the radio and the tape deck and all that. The wires going everywhere with the little ghetto surround sound system we built. And he'd be busting his Led Zeppelin tapes and things like that in the daytime. But at the nighttime, it was like the MC Mario club mixes being played live from the clubs. And just... My mom's would come through with like the Disney movies and the musicals and the love songs and the discos, and it was just this giant mishmash of stuff I had no control over. But it heavily inspired me to pot, this day. Though. So I was hoping, Mr. David Weston, that you could bring us back to the youngest David Weston you remember being and describe a little yeah, bit about dude. what it sounded like to be you before you could control the musics.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because I feel like any human in general, but if we're going to speak about artists, artists get inspired by music that make them want to express themselves. You know, like you start by listening to certain songs and you're like, oh, that's cool what he's talking about. And then I guess as you get old, you're like, oh, fuck, like maybe I could do that, too. But um, for me, like I know my parents played a lot of like cool stuff, like growing up when it was still cassettes and we'd vibe it in the car, like sort of like Tracy Chapman. Uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary. I don't know if you've heard of them. It's yeah. like cool. Man. Tough to shit, Dude, like I was really, really. I think you that. might be
0: the first person to drop a Peter, Paul, and Mary on us. <clears throat> but like, yeah, so, I did grow up with that they shit.
1: Were <laughs> they were extremely lit. Um, but, you know, like they played a few things growing up. But I remember for me. You know, since I'm, you know, I guess it's sort of like alternative hip-hop rap. I do some singing, but, you know, I'll classify myself as a rapper right now. And for the rapping aspect of things, I still remember when my friend sixth grade with the Discman came up to me like, yo, do you know this 50 Cent guy? And put the headphones on me and I heard the club, wrote the club like just really and that whole album get Richard or die trying i found so cool and like i didn't even really get why because i didn't really know what he was talking about that much but it was an energy aggro with it bro fuck i loved 50 then i got into like dre and more like gangster stuff to start off so that's like the beginning man i felt so cool just walking around and i was a ball player too so it would really pump me up and all that, but I'd have to say Fifty Cent in the club is like number yeah, one. That song first
0: was huge when it came. I remember Deadass. I was in grade nine when that dropped, and we had a fucking.
1: Yo, bro, by the way, your your voice is just cracking right, a bit. Let me I fix that. Said,
0: let me fix that for you, right quick. Everyone, yeah, I was saying. I remember Deadass when that song dropped. We had like a fucking intense conversation debating how many goes were said at the very beginning of that track. Like it was a big fucking deal that day in school. Anyway. <laughs> But um, before you got into, like, hip-hop and stuff, when you were, like, even younger than that, did you, like, have... Were you, like, one of them five-year-olds running around belting your Puff the Magic Dragon doing little theatrics? Or were you, like, more just, like, a consumer of the music?
1: I... More of a consumer, but I actually just had this random memory right now just pop into my head. I've always been... I remember with my brothers, we'd sort of, like, come up With our own song, so I don't know exactly which artists influenced that. I think it was just growing up and and learning to express myself, and maybe hearing that music with my parents in the car. Or oh, and John Denver too, by the way. That just popped up. My parents were held into that. You know, John Denver. (laughs) Nice. Country roads take.
0: Okay, I do know that. I do know that song.
1: Yeah. So. Anyway, that stuff. But I remember, like, I I wasn't really into, like, music. music. Like, I never played an instrument. But I remember my mom, or I think it was my sister's, like, first ever, like, sort of more, like, digital camera. And my brothers and I would film ourselves w- recording these, like, songs or sort of, like, weird poems we'd written that were ridiculous and just really funny. So I was probably, like, I don't know, man, like, eight or nine or 10 when that happened but i don't know if it was like the music i listened to or just me growing up and you know already had that in me just wanting to perform and sort of make people laugh and just vibe with my brothers but yeah that's sort of how it it, it started up i think i don't know
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting answer still so y'all were like a little theatrical troupe is the ones.
1: Yeah, like, me and my brothers really had this vibe going where, like, we'd start these, like, we'd call foundations. We were, like, we we were, like, the bosses of these, like, clubs. (laughs) Oh, dude, we were on one. Like, I remember, I don't know, dude, we just, I, I remember I wrote this ridiculous rhyme. Like, I'm trying to remember it because my brothers and I bring it up sometimes, like, years later. Like, you know, I'm not the one. Put my finger up my bum and said, "Mom, come wipe me, cause I'm done." You know, like shit like that. You know? Like ridiculous.
0: I was hard you know? for a little one. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. For a kid, that's hard.
1: Yeah, bro. Like, what a kid's you supposed know, to I, rap about? <laughs> Getting my mom to come wipe my ass, bro. Like, I, I'm not gonna front. You. that's that's my reality. You know, but no, nah, man. But that's actually the first like sort of memory of actually like writing something but i was always just super into music and i I know all the lyrics to these songs and it just made me feel good you know music's really a feeling man so it's always made me feel good it's it's helped me cope with my emotions it's helped me dream so that's been always bro so
0: yeah so that's dope so y'all would like run around you know just singing whatever whatever did you have when did you get into sports
1: i played basketball forever as a kid but i started playing competitively like in a team on a team in grade four um mm. and then i went the through. that was really my top priority before i sort of got into more creative stuff like i played for uh for team quebec under 15 under 17
0: well uh, i played all the saying that just to be clear when you say because te- you lived in quebec city yo what's up jay pizzle 47 who said real g david weston kss stand up don't know what KSS is, oh, but respect.
1: You know, so KS, shout out to anyone from KSS watching this. KSS has gone to Wage Survival School. I worked there <clears> as a teacher assistant in language arts. So a lot of really cool kids there. I no longer work there. It was time to move on. But shout out to anyone from KSS on here right now. Much love, guys.
0: Yo, shout out anybody from KSS. Best teacher. That's the kind of signs you're getting in the chat right now. And did my best <laughs> that's dope so when you say quebec because you come from quebec city does that mean quebec yeah. the city oh, or oh, the I, provincial I, quebec team
1: yeah i was the provincial team so it was mostly guys from montreal playing really talented guys um and what sport was, was it I... pardon
0: which sport was it basketball mm.
1: yeah so i i was you know um staying as as humble as possible here but I was a decent player man I, I played I played a few years um I played a couple summers for Quebec I played uh collegiate triple A for saint saint Juan, Quebec City um so it was my top priority before this whole music thing man I was really into it so actually really good memories so
0: yeah mm. Yo, what's up Willie Scandals just came through I don't know if you know Willie Scandals if you're from if you're mentioning K-Town he's from we- K-Town so I figure maybe you know who he is, maybe not. It is what it is. He's still in the chat. So what's up, Willie? Um, and you're so you're basically a provincial level athlete, and you're trying to act like you made the. That's not as many people. That's the whole province, all the high school or whatever kids, and you're like the top thirty in a sport to represent the province or whatever the number
1: is. Top, top thirteen, yeah.
0: So top thirteen, you're but the best one of the best thirteen young basketball players in that time competing against the rest of Canada. Yeah, Willie recognizes What's you as a KSS teacher. What's <laughs> that? Willie recognizes you as a KSS teacher.
1: Word up. Forever an educator, man.
0: Um. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's pretty dope that you were doing that. I could see how that would be a priority. I mean, like if you're at a provincial team and you're one of the best at you know, that level, you, you might be like, I should push this respectable is it like like a, like how much time do you put into like practicing and all that shit like is it really like you see in the movies where at that level you're really doing it like five in the morning type shits or is it like you're just good good oh, and like,
1: um yeah man i used to put in a lot of work like the summers i didn't play for quebec and i was more like free just, i just i'd shoot like We had a a mini little basketball court in our backyard uh, growing up. So shout out to my dad. He put in a lot of hours rebounding for us, throwing the ball back uh, and pushing us to.
0: Shout out your dad. Pardon? I said, shout out your dad.
1: Oh, dude. Legend. Really great, dedicated father. A great human being. Um, Yeah, he pushed uh, because my two younger brothers played two very, very good players as well. Um, so yeah, dude, I mean, I guess looking back, I, I'm not going to lie and say I, I put in a lot of work. Like I get, definitely could have been more dedicated and put in more, but I was into it, man. Like I'd work on my game, my ball handling, my shooting, I'd scrimmage a lot, um, and be down on my brothers and think, I'm king. um, but definitely, definitely a cool time in my life, man. Like not only for just like being able to play, but just, the uh, the bonds and the, the connections I formed with people playing, you know, playing with people in high school or whether it be on the provincial team, there's people I still keep in touch with.
0: When you play like at a provincial level, do you travel across Canada? Or does like, you go to Toronto or some shit. I feel like Toronto would be the center yeah. of Canada.
1: So, so when I played under 15, the first summer, the nationals were out in Vancouver. We had a okay. tournament down in Atlantic city, New Jersey. We played some American teams, which was cool. And then under 17, uh, the Nationals were actually in Sherbrooke. So we didn't get to travel that much.
0: I feel like Sherbrooke uh, would be like you look at the flyer and you're like, come on. (laughs) No offense to Sherbrooke, but I feel (laughs) like if you're. Sorry, go ahead.
1: (laughs) I said, you guys could have at least given us, like, Regina or some
0: That's shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, you have to travel to get there. Some free trip, you know? But, nah, just, like, a couple-hour drive to Sherbrooke.
1: <laughs> it was all right, though. But I remember that summer we played a tournament in uh, in New Brunswick. Uh, yeah, man, we traveled around. We Pretty much the whole summer was dedicated to practicing and playing some, like, some tournaments to get ready for what actually counted, which were the nationals at the end of the summer where we'd compete against all the other provinces. And, um, yeah, U15, we won bronze. I remember we beat Nova Scotia in the bronze medal game. And U17, we won silver. We lost to Alberta, who had some crazy good players, man. A couple of them went to play at Gonzaga, like D1. Um, Yeah, man, good memories, yeah used to be a a baller for sure so
0: okay (laughs) so bringing it back to music you said how you're like in grade six at this point you've okay that's before even grade six you're like a couple years earlier y'all are writing your songs and you said you was recording them and whatnot now we got to talk a little logistics i'm going to assume this is like computers exist land but still not everybody be recording stuff back in the day so how did you like do it
1: that was all on, like I said, I think it was either my sister's or my mom's, like, camera that we could record videos on. So we'd actually, like, we didn't even, like, transfer it onto the computer. I don't even know if we could do that back then. We'd watch what we did on the little camera screen.
0: So Wild. Like, so you guys just made yeah. it to watch in shitty resolution and crap just because that was the only way you could do it? and like that was, was there like it. tapes or something for it and you would just like build up a catalog or is it like you just had the one but, thing to reuse it
1: dude i only remember one we made and that's really just a random memory like mm. it wasn't a thing hey, let's make an album it was really just like one time fucking around with my brothers and our good friend that like we made that that's just my earliest memory it wasn't like a consistent thing but we did it and that was on that little camera i remember yeah
0: still that's fire that you banged out a track in a sense recorded and whatnot logistically figured it out and i like those stories because the ingenuity of young people inspires the shit out of me as an old person whose mind isn't as agile no more so i gotta go find those cool stories to like think out the box and shit but like it's just a reminder yeah. to like use what you have and run it
1: it's funny you say that because just you know for me right now the sort of use what you have applies to wherever you're at man like i don't go record at a you know huge professional studio i have my little sound card my macbook and my mic here and i do everything at home you can you can shoot videos or content on your iphone these days and upload it, it doesn't have to be perfect all the time man Just, spit that if you, want to put content, if you want to put content out there if you want to put yourself out there stop waiting the perfect moment or stop waiting for it to be perfect, man. You're going to improve as you go along, you know? So that just, it just made me think of that when you said, bro, use what you got, man, use yourself. If you really got something to say, people don't care if it's high quality or not, man, you're saying it and you're putting it out there. So yeah, I encourage people to to just do it and stop waiting for the perfect fucking circumstance. Do it, you know,
0: it's facts perfect circumstances usually cost way more money than most of us have access to and we're wishing for those circumstances
1: exactly bro and you know if you actually start doing your thing and you do yourself to speak your truth put it out there those ideal situations or that ideal equipment i think will will end up showing up for you so anyway just my opinion
0: Nah, i mean I'm like, my whole career has basically been, okay, so I went to the phase where I tried to find the fancy studios, and then I was like, I'm gonna be real with you, I had a couple of moments where like, it was bad sessions because of me, like one time I ate a fat meal right before recording, big mistake, bad idea, bad idea. not bad. their fault, but I basically was pissing away money on stupid shit, and um, once I realized I could do it at home, and smoke weed which was a big one for me it was like psh, fuck the sound quality. i mean i don't say it like that engineers can do a lot and i have a good mic like i'm not saying it but like i don't give a fuck if the room's perfect or all of that stuff it was like there's a threshold that i call people don't give a shit and once you hit that level it doesn't matter what i feel about the perfection anymore
1: you you man it's a good point and dude you can do a lot of good shit just like you said man it doesn't have to be the perfect room and i don't know if you mix your own stuff or whatever but i personally record i have a decent little setup i record it and then send it to someone mm. who mixes all my shit for me so as long as it's not complete shit they can make it sound okay you know
0: yeah i mean i uh, typically prefer to do that but then i had some experiences that had me actually fucking around with my own shitty mixes bro they're bad and then the yeah. fucking people didn't care. And I was like, this is stupid. Like they, they were putting songs that are perfectly mixed against shit I mixed. And I'm like, what the fuck? It confused me. I had like a whole crisis in my head because it breaks all the rules of perfection. But it worked. So I'm like, fuck that shit. I, be, I had a little mini meme going on over some fucking random shit I did about pickle chips. So like the fact is, if you can say the right shit and deliver it in the right way, because to be fair, I think I'm talented enough to sell shitty mixing. It's it's like you can't probably be trash and, and sell shitty mixing. Mm, so, Words. So like there maybe is like an understanding of where you're at with it, but I do think perfection's weird because punk music sounds like ass, and I love it.
1: Mm. I mean it it, it dude. It sort of depends where you want to take it and how you want to sound and being happy with with what you're i mean if you're happy with it bro i mean that's all that matters really Mm. i mean if you're satisfied with it yes you want people to fuck with it but if you don't fuck with it no one's gonna fuck with it
0: that's facts i mean i fuck with what i do but sometimes i'm willing to put out shit i don't think is perfect and that was a hard thing to learn hard thing sometimes i totally
1: i mean come on if you're really just relying on that one to be perfect to like blow up or whatever man fuck it you just got to put it out and record some even better shit the next day that you might get mixed a bit better you just got to keep creating man
0: yeah I, I for me it's like the lifestyle more than the product at this point so i'm not worried about it i mean i can take everything that's not mixed good and then my plan is literally to release what i'm gonna call actually mastered versions to goofed on the way people drop like you know remasters because they're not mastered. Yeah. They're just fucking rendered. I never mastered. I adjusted the fucking master volume. I don't think that counts. So, Gosh. so I feel like as long as you can do something with it, it's fun, and people can do what they want with that. So it's That's never awesome, a dude. waste. But I mean, because mixing isn't the performance. Mixing is mixing. Mixing can always be changed.
1: Word. Totally get that, and the, perf- I mean, for you, for me, what we can control the most is how we we deliver the energy into the song, how we record it, and then like you said, after that, you can actually master it and put out that album, man. The actually mastered version, I like that.
0: That's just that fits <laughs> into my whole world. Other people gotta approach what's authentic to themselves with it. But speaking back to you, so like, you get discovered by Fifty Cent, and you become more interested in hip hop because you know uh it's understandable get Richard die trying is a fucking banging album where i didn't know what what up gangsta and all that was about when i first heard it like cuz didn't hit the same as when i grew up and understood it different so it's like banging album and then you kind of unlock the hip-hop side of life but you're in quebec city right and so how does that play into stuff are you like on the french side of life or are you in the english side of life
1: yeah, no, so I went to school in English my whole life, apart from Sec 4 and 5, where I, sh- I switched to a French school to play higher-level higher level basketball. Um, so I was an English man. I was in more of the English side, English community in Quebec City. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I started listening to hip-hop and I could think back to all the different artists I listened to, but um, it definitely definitely transitioned into more sort of like what I would call not like witty or intelligent hip-hop but when I started to hear like the the Drakes and Kid Cuddies and Kanye's and Big Sean's sort of like mid to late teens I really bought into that I just loved oh and Lil Wayne man Lil Wayne should have been mentioned first just for his wordplay and metaphors and I started rocking all plain white tees just because of Lil Wayne, man. I found them so fucking cool. Um, but yeah, all those—I I, don't—I'm not too sure which artists I really listened to in between. There was definitely some some Eminem, 50 Cent, like G Unit, that Beg for Mercy album I bumped a lot.
0: Yeah, that's wild. Like, so you're saying like there's a whole bunch of y'all like Lil Wayne is ahead of Eminem.
1: I, you know what? That's debatable, but to me, Lil Wayne is the best rapper ever. Um, cause it's just,
0: that's, based that's, off cool. his, that's interesting.
1: Is like, dude, to me, he's unmatched with wordplay and how much music he's put out. And just, you listen to, to a lot of the things he says, and you could listen to his album, like a lot of artists. But for me with Lil Wayne, I go back and listen to songs. And I'm like, fuck, like, that's what he meant. Cause it's not only double meetings. Sometimes it's triple and quadruple meanings in one sentence and to me he's just like really really fucking impressive like he'd be he'd probably be my apart from maybe drake because i love drake man um lil wayne would probably be the rapper i'd want to collab with the most just to say i have a song with wayne and try and go bar for bar with him you know
0: yeah that'd be hard because his mind is i know there. man I know. like he's a good
1: challenge, good challenge.
0: I don't know if I could follow a Wayne vibe. Like I could try, but it would just be like you do your thing, and then Wayne be rapping about. You got it depends on if he's horny or not, right? Like there's a few things that will impact a Wayne verse. <laughs> for,
1: sure, for sure, it depends where he's been at during the day. You know, he's been. Up to, but, uh, I feel like Wayne is very. He's like a. He can adapt too. He has those songs like fucking like How to Love, you know, which mm. is more poppy and like more lover shit i don't know what kind of song i'd want to make with lil wayne i don't know if it'd be more on some lover shit or more like
0: i'd want to make rag- a song like uproar
1: yeah we're probably yeah we're probably some more something like you know sort of like bragging and just wordplay and bars but yeah i know lil wayne's a legend for her, man love it
0: that's cool so because like i mean i suppose it makes sense right i feel like you're a couple years younger than me so when you're really in that music formative age is during eminem's fall off so it's like why would y'all put him there it's the fall off years for him where everyone else is kind of coming over and the south be taking over everything so it's like that's such an interesting transition and stuff so like at that point um, are you interested in rapping and stuff throughout high school as you're playing basketball, or was it more like you were just focused on the ball and it was more like a back burner?
1: Good question, man. Actually, I got into wanting to actually like rap and record stuff in like after high school when I was like in my mid to late first year of, of stage um i was like 19 before that i was i was into music a lot i loved it but i never thought of actually like expressing myself that way until i just really got into it at one point man i remember you know getting drunk smoking a bit back in the day with some friends I, oh, dude you know i started to to, to listen to hear music differently and i really appreciated just the lyrics and what these guys were saying and i was like but maybe i can do that and also there were some more like you know like white rappers coming up you know like when mac miller really started to pop off you know dudes like that i was like yo like white dudes can rap too man and we can do our thing and yeah
0: honestly okay, okay, i got to i know this is going to sound wild and i'm and i'm like Bro, you're like, Mac Miller is the example of white dudes can rap too. Like, Eminem was like, almost like, whatever. He doesn't count as white rappers anymore. We needed other white rap. Whereas for me, it's like, yo, Eminem could rap, so I could rap.
1: (laughs) I know. But actually, it's funny you say that, but like, I knew about Eminem and I liked a lot of Eminem, but to me, it was more the sort of like backpacker, sort of like college kid type of rap. Sort of like more. I don't know, man. More grassroots, uh, upload your shit to YouTube randomly and like get people to hear it. Type vibe that inspired me. Mm. He was like coming up, whereas Eminem was more established and like huge. Like I'd I'd put Eminem with like the Fifty Cent and like Dre's. Whereas like when I discovered Mac Miller's like Nikes on my feet or Kool Aid and frozen pizza, I was like, yo, like this is just like some kid my age with a fucking snapback just talking about partying and girls and this is everyday life and it made me feel like, yo, like as long as you're speaking your truth and you're not bragging or talking shit that's not your life, like if you rhyme well and you got some good wordplay and nice melodies and nice tone, like you can do it, you know, and that sort of like inspired me a lot to uh to get into it, man. I I started writing poems. So like when I was nineteen I started writing just like poetry, just things that would rhyme and then when i was at parties with friends i'd sort of like lay them down on some free like youtube beats we'd find and then i i saw people's response they were like yo dude like you're you're not bad bro you're all right you can do it and i started just recording on my computer just putting a beat in the background and like recording and then hearing that and then finally found some more sort of professional mics and got into it like that but uh yeah, man. It wasn't until it, like a lot later. So your this question. is
0: all like sejep. Then you're saying, right?
1: <clears throat> yeah. So it was like,
0: like everything you, know, you just that, described is in like that sejep phase.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It was. It was like. So first year to no, it was more like second year as sejep, man. Because when I got into sejep, I was seventeen, and then that after that first year, I turned eighteen, uh. and then stage up like 18 going on 19 i was still playing basketball i was in my second last year of basketball but i could feel my my passion starting to to shift from like wanting to put in a lot of time you know working on my shot to like just listening to music bro and writing and enjoying putting it out there like just on facebook and youtube back in the day before even like you know like download links or like spotify or anything it was just like uploading a song to my youtube or just posting the random video that i like my computer up up to facebook or something and just seeing the response and i just so like yeah, so like
0: social media been like the whole part of your experience since high school right because i guess facebook drops while you're in high school so by the time you hit sage at facebook be out
1: yeah so it was Yeah, so I remember sec, like, four when I was, like, 15, 16 when I first heard of Facebook. So it was sort of starting up. But, uh, yeah, I remember at first it was only, like, I I just posted on my wall, man, like, this, like, random song I made, uploaded to YouTube. And, uh, yeah, that's how I did it.
0: When did you open a YouTube account?
1: Dude, I, so, like...
0: Because that's early, early...
1: yeah dude well probably when i was like 19 20 like a while back i'm 30 now so like i was really into my music for for maybe 19 to like
0: okay, I don't so know, that like was like good, 2011 12 around that and
1: like that yeah okay i was really i remember i definitely had because i shot a couple of videos like back at that time and i uploaded them so i definitely had a, a youtube Account which doesn't exist anymore because i totally like quit and stopped music for a good few years while i traveled and figured some shit out and i had this thing where i was like man i like i sort of regret it now because there was some there's some cool shit i'd like to go back and listen to but i was like i don't like that old shit man like i'm not fucking with it and just deleted everything but uh but i did have a youtube yeah it, it did happen it did happen
0: yeah so you're in like the quebec city scene um i suppose at that point or are you just kind of posting it online just online bro because you know being in quebec city back then like
1: there i guess it's changed now but there wasn't a big hip-hop scene and the hip-hop scene there was was in french man and i was like yeah i've
0: heard about the french side and how much they like put work into it
1: yeah like no disrespect or not putting down the French side at all I just don't like it and I I don't I've never connected with it and I didn't want to be reaching out like to uh, to to, to people in Quebec trying to collaborate with them one because they did it in French and I was all in English I was more grinding online man I've always been pretty good at it it sounds wild
0: as you're saying it but like because people here might not be from here So sometimes I like to just take a little tangential pause to be like, yo, if you were to ask me in 2012 if I would have fucked with the French, she'd be like, be it's a joke. You know, like, just because it's French on some weird hater Quebec politics shit. That's really what it is. Like, I'm willing to say that now because it's kind of like, yo, I I had my first, one of my favorite songs right now is a fucking French rap song from here, bro. I can't even explain it. It's like my go-to right now. It's the top of the list. What is it? Big Boy Things by Empress Live featuring Impost, Rosalo and some next dude's name I can't remember at the moment.
1: Bro, Imp I remember Impost was like in Mazayan or something. Um they had this this rap group or maybe I'm wrong, but Impost Impost is an OG I think like I don't know much about the French scene but I do remember him in like Sans pression and do, do you remember something?
0: I remember him, but I have been schooled on him, and I'm aware of who he is yeah. now. And um, I've seen a lot. Like he's very active again, right? Like he's involved with Hit Story, <laughs> and like he be like he just did a show with a bunch. I think my homeboy opened for him uh, three weeks ago.
1: Cool, man! I used to love his song Derrière Mon Sourire." It was like on that Music Plus Top Five. Um... Countdown, um, and he, his his video for his song Derrière Monsoule was was pretty cool. But yeah, I remember him and, and a few others. And yeah, Impost, I think was in Mosaic. It was this like duo of yeah, French rappers from Montreal. But yeah. But it's crazy how there's like a there's like a sort of anglaise now with with the artists you know we're like they're
0: crazy because he's not wrong though folks because i be doing this thing where i'm tracking english rappers because you know doing what i can for the english side of the scene which has actually exposed me to a lot of french music because when you click on the guy that's in montreal it's 50-50, Fifty-fifty, you never really know, especially with the song titles, which are in franglais a lot. So you start to realize that guy might be not one language. He might even be three languages, because there's fucking trilingual dudes all over the city, and the third language is random. Like you don't know. Like there's a whole Tamil scene, like the um, the Indian language that I stumbled really? onto. Yeah, you'll find it on TikTok if you start hunting on the talk and shit. There's Spanish. There's Arab rappers. There's, like, uh, apparently a bunch of Tunisian guys that Ismail, one of the guys who watches us, has told me about So, like, all this shit's here. And they can all rap in English if they want.
1: That's sick, man. That's awesome.
0: It made me realize that those of us that choose stubbornly to stick to one language might be silly in the bigger picture to our greater scene. In the current climate. However, run it back to 2012. I totally get you.
1: Yeah, and but the thing is, though, like, actually, a few people have said, like, bro, like, why don't you, like, try rapping in French? To be honest, I don't really feel like it, and I don't feel like my wordplay would be great in French. Maybe I could work on it. But also, and this, once again, is just, like, I thought it's nothing against that convest stuff, because actually, some of it's pretty cool and catchy, but I feel like, apart from maybe here and some places in Europe, it's not really going to pop off. But then, as I'm saying... Maybe some people in the states.
0: Actually, from right. what I heard, New York City discovered France recently. So go figure. Really,
1: well, that's well, the then, thing is yeah.
0: Mon- Montreal's on a hot like like some dudes be getting majors, and I just don't think people have the same weird obsession with monolingualism i think i made that up anyway you know what i'm saying that we have here on some politics shit right because yo i went to new york city for the first time in november and what was bamboozling to me is how everybody spoke two languages but nobody spoke french except for the Deponer guy that made fun of us and didn't know we were from quebec so they were in french and I was like, oh, say words!" some Like, my girlfriend petty-ass French. Them I'm like, yo, we speak French. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, nah, nobody speaks French there. But everybody speaks other things. And you make, it's almost like, yo, bro, if you only speak one language. I'm not saying for music. But I'm just saying, like, regular conversation. Like, it's not even special to be bilingual. It's basic mm-hmm. to most of the world. That's some, right. like, my optic Quebec shit is sometimes what happens. And then, um... I wouldn't say you have to rap in French, but like it might be smart for most of us to fucking work with French rappers so that the linguistics can be proper and maintained. But then the culture can be more inclusive to each other.
1: I, I it, it could definitely be cool to work with a with the French rapper who probably also has people fans who listen to English stuff. You know, it could it could it could definitely be a cool.
0: For everybody cool. under twenty five in this city is bilingual. That was born here. Like the whole city's fucking bilingual. Like it's just the old people that are not like, so you go to like twenties, look like Mike Shab raps in English and his whole screw is French, right? Like, like you look at all this shit. He was like speaking French in between his songs while rapping. Like, you know, like, it's just, it's not the world we came from, you know, it's a whole like, they don't give a shit world where they're just like, fuck that. You know, for me, it was this moment I had where I, I went on a Tinder date and my accent got me laid and I was like, fuck that. I speak French now. Let's go. And it was it. It was enough. But it made me realize a lot of people just don't see it like that with the hatred. They see it like under a lens of it's fire. So like why would we I and I I think it's with like framing like
1: people twenty to twenty five, now even like thirty ish. It's it's a thing. Yeah, no, I feel a good point, man. That's interesting.
0: And at the end yeah. of the day, Montreal's the shit. Fuck what other people want to listen to. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah.
1: Montreal's got a good artistic, creative vibe in general, man. I, I like, especially with these COVID restrictions being lifted. I like, I like the energy around. And before we got on on air, you were talking about some events that are happening. I'd love to come through and just start performing again, man, and get get the music out, you know, in a in a live format and just connect with people. And wait, that would be fun.
0: Yeah, I've been enjoying watching shit. Like, I'd be, like, at this show on Saturday and this guy Widget, who is a LaSalle legend OG, be busting out songs from 15 years ago that you can't find. And it's, like, those yeah. moments are ill because that was a, And then you're hearing how dope the shit from 15 years ago is because you can't find it anywhere because why would we have those mixtapes? <laughs> uh, and you're, like, oh, say word. You know, it was, it was, it it was it. fire. I mean, it's fucking... And- Annoying that everything starts at 11 and makes me be out way past my bedtime. I'm not thrilled about that part of this, but otherwise it's lit. <laughs>
1: you just want to be in your jammies with a hot tea, bro.
0: By midnight, yes, but like I'm good till 11, But then I start saying dumb shit after midnight, right? Like my ability to not say dumb shit starts to go right the fuck down.
1: It's okay, man. It's okay.
0: No, but it's dope. <laughs> I've been having a blast with this shit because, again, it's been two years of lockdown. But also, it's like I feel like I met hundreds of people on the internet, and now I get to meet them in real life. Like, I was in the washroom, and dude's like, you're the Holden Stephen Roy guy. And I'm like, that is me. You're that dude. Say where?" word. Uh-oh, you know, word. It's, like, so that shit be going on because, like, Montreal – old man Montreal hip hop is what I call it. It's it's on Facebook and there's like 500 to 2000 people that comment on each other's statuses collectively. Like you'll have 300 mutual friend requests pop up like all the time at a certain point. It's a wild collective of rappers and shit and it's rappers, videographers, engineers, oh. graphic. It's, it's, it's the whole squad. It's just fat pool of rappers who talk to each other on Facebook because of algorithms. So it's those people I'm meeting at the shows.
1: Feeling the guy being like, yo, that whole to fan, dude, you're like, oh shit. Like, yeah, man, like my stuff's actually being heard. Nah, you know? bro, like, I was in, putting-
0: like just to like on that note, because sometimes I'd be having these moments lately that trip me out. I'm in line and at this event and dude recognized me from an interview. Like he was supporting his home, but I was like, say word. That's like, that was dope. But like, yeah no it's it's that's why going to the shit's dope for me. It's like I didn't know how cool it was that was my if I can give any advice to anybody as an interject um it's just go to shit that you're not rapping at <laughs>
1: uh yeah man no, that could definitely be fun
0: Nah, it's it's super dope and then you get to be side where the ciphers be at and shit like that, and yo like the cause the show happens, but really it's I don't know if you've ever been in the corporate world and if you've ever smoked cigarettes in the corporate world. Because when you smoke cigarettes,
1: never in the corporate world. So
0: what happens is is all the rich people who smoke cigarettes go outside to smoke and it's the great equalizer. You'll be having all wild kinds of conversations outside with people outside your pay grade, social class, everything if you smoke. And I'm not encouraging people to smoke cigarettes. Don't kids. But you can go out with the smokers you can just go out where they're at. How and it's less true now people smoke less, but for the longest hot minute you find out the smokers is where the the networking really goes down.
1: It's a very it's very bad for us, but it's <laughs> good for social networking.
0: I mean, that's for sure. Facts. It, but it's late to watch <laughs> the conversation that happens outside the shows and this the, cuz the people you run into like how are you going to meet them on the internet? Then you're just some, another avatar. And then in person, you're just like a person person, you know, that would be it. But, um, fair enough. So like with your music shit, you said you're pushing it online back then. You're kind of developing your little, uh, your fan base. You're producing it yourself at that point. Like, is it you that's taking care of that?
1: Yeah. So back then I had a studio in Quebec city. And, I'd record there, we'd do all the mixing there. But what I realized after a bit is that I felt rushed um, going to those studios. And not only did I feel rushed because I was paying a lot of money, um, I didn't feel as comfortable as I did just doing it at home. he was working at the studio and I'd go, not that he was a bad guy, but he didn't really fuck with what I was doing. He didn't know what I wanted to do with it. He was just there getting paid to record me and mix. So I was like, uh, you know, after a while, after a couple years, um, I ended up buying some gear and just starting to do it at home. And then you trade in, yeah, some quality with the recording, which you try and patch up with the mixing. But uh, to this day, man, like I haven't been back to a studio. I mean, I'd be open to it. It could be a different experience and actually bring in yeah, it's- a producer with to be at the studio to work the boards when i'm there but i much prefer just just like doing it at home and i have an idea boom turn the mic on record some shit send it to my engineer he makes a beat around it it's just a lot more natural and free-flowing and i just like being with myself or just around people who actually fuck with what i'm doing rather than some random stranger at a studio you know
0: Mm. there's a lot of advantages to the stranger thing but there's a lot of disadvantages i feel like it's like going on tinder and that's exactly what it's like so sometimes you swipe right and it goes bad and sometimes you swipe right and you get lucky and with engineers though and shit like that like i met my homeboy matt and um we worked at a call center so i just like fucking worked out and uh he's like my main guy but he'd be like a real like he quit his job to be a drummer kind of musician so he'd be on tour and shit right now so like i don't think i'm gonna get him till the winter um which is fine but like for the longest time we'd be in the room and it's the advice of an experienced sound engineer is different than a guy who like when especially like when they know you because they've been working with you for like a decade And they, they, he he makes beats for me. He doesn't need me there. He'll just send me shit, and it always is dope. And I use all of it because it's always dope, and shit like that. And he just knows. He doesn't do it for other people. I am like the only guy he makes beats for. And even then, he's slow and he barely does it. So, cause it's not his, it's not his first passion. It's just like, we do our thing. And so like, he'll do it for me. He's like a drummer guy on tour right now. Like, you know, priorities for him. He's getting paid to be a drummer. Are you fucking kidding me? That's what my dude does. So like, you know, like, but when you find the right people, it's like when you find the right partner you know, in, in all capacities. And I think sometimes people have shitty, you know, I've had bad experiences. I've learned all about the copy paste template sounds, and I've heard all the different flexes and seen a lot of different shits, but like wildly it's about what you like and the relationships you build. The only thing is the the, the problem with being by yourself is you could do a lot of dumb shit by not knowing that's the only thing.
1: With, with you saying that, like, like I said, I'd be open back to studios and, and meet some people and, and work with other people. It's just I'm saying back in the day,
0: mm. like, right, right. That's a fair. The, the dude was
1: cool. It's not that he was a bad guy. It's just that, like, he he was just there as just like it was very mechanical, sort of like he wasn't trying to give me ideas or maybe you should do it this way it was just more like pay me i'll record you and make it sound okay so that was my experience but for sure especially in montreal now so many people so many different right, studios Right, because he was but- in
0: quebec back then too eh? so there's not even like yeah. a lot of studios and shit like even with the basement studio rise coming through you're still there were
1: a few there were a few but it was yeah man not that many people were were rapping rapping in english so it was just it wasn't really a vibe for the people i go record at but these days i'd I'd be super open to it i still think for now i prefer just doing it on my own and and all the time i i want and need and just perfecting whatever i want to perfect or make it better but um always open to it man i'm open to 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 meet new people new producers writers whatever and actually other artists too like i've been writing a lot and trying to put myself in in other people's shoes or like not just writing for myself but i'm more and more trying to pitch like lyric ideas to to pop artists or whatever so i think this summer will be cool to get out there and network and uh and catch some vibes man yeah
0: yeah it's the overall like that's the mission, I think, for a lot. Well, if you're on your game, like you're trying to treat it like a business in the big picture, then it's like the mandatory moves. Because, yo, people know when you're not at the show because they don't know you. Yeah, we're. That's the thing. They'll remember if you're in the crap. But just people, because you, you will too. Like, I don't know. Have you performed before?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've played a few shows, I've opened a show in Boston. Uh, back when I was really into it, early 20s, I played a couple high schools around Quebec. Um, but yeah, I've, I've performed it. But I've played maybe six, seven shows.
0: Mm. And it was all like in the back then vibes of it all?
1: All in the back then. That's why, like, I've only been getting back into music for the past, not even year and a half, just over a year. And I've, you know, it, it all started... We can get into that later. Yeah, for not sure. or
0: another. No, no, trust but we can. it all
1: started. I um, yeah, man. I've been I've been going through a few years of not going so good. You know, um, quite depressed, anxious, and I decided to to cut everything out and get fully sober about fifteen months ago. Mm. And when I did, I got back into recording and and building myself up again and actually using music as a way to to heal and and get through some shit all to say that yeah all those shows were way back i've only started getting back into music and i'm looking now to start playing some some little basement shows or little venues because i have a decent little catalog out now and i could start it up again so yeah yeah Yeah, that's what i'm i'm planning bro
0: that parts all just logistics The the real trick to it is go to the shows, (laughs) meet the people, and then (laughs) you'll be like, yo, I rap too. Oh, say word. And then you'll find out it's a throw a 20 here, a throw this there, and then do that. And then you get to rap. I mean, not always, but it's certainly a good way to kickstart your press kit without reputation points.
1: No, word, man. uh, I'll take that into consideration.
0: I'm just saying that shit because, yo, there are hundreds of rappers right now in the exact same boat it is about to be the most wild shit i think and and i say that in the best possible way like bubbling shit but like hundreds if not a couple thousand artists are about to burst out in all tiers and calibers at the same fucking time everybody's hungrier than they've been in years and for the most part we're all nicer to each other which is kind of pleasant it's been like really pleasant how nice everyone's kind of being.
1: That's awesome, man. I mean, personally, I, uh, the only person I'm in a competition with is myself, man. I'm trying to better myself and, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm about. You it's know? not even about
0: the competition element. It's just logistics. If everybody's at the same times and there's only X number of opportunities, there is going to, and I'm promising y'all, it's going to be some shit that happens. Plus, most of us is not balling. So who got money right now? We all got to work together to build this scene. That's where I'm at with it. Like, work together. Like, if Mans can't like fully run the show, like, why is he going to eat the whole cost? Because then one day you're going to be throwing the show. And you're like, do I want to eat the whole cost? I don't know if I want to eat the whole cost. So it's like that karmic community building thing. That's how I'm looking at it right now. I don't know if I'm right. I did not believe this type of shit years ago. But now I'm like, what is the practical solutions so that the whole scene benefits, not just individual people?
1: Yeah, I think that can be really cool. Because um, you know, for for collaboration, it, all, it always also depends if, you you fuck with the other person's music or there's the right song for it but i definitely get what you're saying with like for like shows yeah we can get get some events going where whatever type of rapper you are man if you're more of like a singer even r&b or like more old school rapper whatever if there can be more like sort of like event Uh, um even outdoor shit you know and um in
0: or whatever. People People be doing all of this though. Like even last summer, we started throwing shit at the park because there was nowhere else to do it. We rent. Yo, it's not even expensive. It's fifty fucking dollars a month to rent an amp from Longin McQuaid, I believe it's called, and it lets you plug in two mics and Bluetooth connect your beats, and it's loud enough that people two, three blocks away can hear that shit. So. We was running that. We're going to be doing it again this year at some point. Don't quote me on one. But that's the type of vibe that people need to have. So I don't know. What what part of the city are you in?
1: I'm in Park X.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be some area and people all around you and a whole local, local ish that you could, like, you know, hit up the park with.
1: Well, dude, there's I'm like a five minute walk from Jerry Park. Amazing park. Fucking love it. Yeah, um,
0: I should have known that that's I, there, but it's okay. Park X is a other homie, part of the city. <laughs>
1: but, no, but I remember last summer walking through Jerry Park a fair bit, like just around six, seven p.m., and there were like some comedy shows in some random little pocket of the park. So I guess there is some sort of setup for it. I was going to say, like,
0: I've been to Jerry Park and rapped more than once. That's, like, my biggest complaint, because I'm an NDG, is everything be at, like, Jerry and none of those motherfuckers want to come to my part of the city. But people here will go there. And that's my biggest complaint. And so we're losing the cool culture war of getting people to go across the city, which...
1: All about Jerry Park, homie. That's where it's at.
0: It's a large ass park where you can hide a rave I found that out too because I was at the park and I saw that rave that we got in trouble for like with covid or whatever I was like oh say word so yeah don't get me wrong but it's so far anyway that's my only complaint it's that it's that uh, other side of the city but so, yeah with that man that's where all the end of the week people go freestyle there's like tons of people in ciphers in Jerry Park like regularly it's just late everybody that. Awesome,
1: I had no idea. Like, I, I go on my daily walk, sort of take a lot of walks, man. I'm a big walker. Love mm. it. So I'll try and keep up for that more this summer and just sort of pop my head in there and just uh, just, just keep, keep rapping, man. Just meet people. And like you said, connections. They might have a show. I might have a show. There's definitely room for collaboration, man.
0: Yeah, it's happening all over, I'm telling you how come you stopped music you said you went to go travel and then you said you went to all these countries and you did a whole bunch of adventuring around the world that's yeah bro nifty I,
1: I stopped because i found myself putting so much fucking pressure on myself to like i wasn't even having fun creating and going to process anymore i was so worried about like oh i'm dropping a song like how is it gonna get out there and all that and just putting a lot of st- pressure on myself, stressing out, not having fun with it. I was not going very good mentally. And I must say just my opinion, I'm guessing you'll agree. Whatever you want to do, with it, whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter if it has to do with, with art or anything. You have to basically just feel good and, be at peace and be okay with yourself to do anything if you're not okay basically just waking up in the morning you won't be able to do shit. Mm. so i wasn't able to do shit anymore i was in my head bro i call it anxiety press it was a cycle of anxiety and depression i was anxiety pressed. um non-stop not doing good smoking way too much weed which i have quit now because I used to love it, but it started to make me really anxious, which sucked because it was fun. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, do, I loved it for years. And then
0: nah, I say that because like, I'm like the opposite. I think because I can afford it, I smoke more weed than I've ever smoked in my life. And there's this weird thing that keeps happening that I smoke weed and good things happen to me. So I, I'm not recommending people to do it. But it's just incredible how wildly different it can manifest in people. Like, when you said that, I'm like, fuck, imagine this shit made me anxious. <laughs> that would be terrible. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I smoked for years. It, it made me really creative for a while. Like, I wrote a lot of songs while I was high. I have, and I had to stop, but I have homies that I used to smoke with a lot that have really awesome jaws that are doing amazing in life who still smoke and it doesn't affect them like, you no. Know? so it's... It is what it is. You just got to know yourself and know stop if you need to. Don't keep going for years and making yourself weird and anxious like I did. Just cut it out if you have to. But um, to get back to the question, I um, so I, I pretty much I wasn't feeling good. I. Never officially quit music. I always had in the back of my mind, like you know, I got to get myself together and keep doing it. But I stopped for a good like putting like releasing stuff for a good like three four years, and just went off. I went out to Australia at first and worked as a waiter in restaurants. Uh, in Sydney. Okay. Huh. Um, How
0: different me? is Australia? Is it like like if I could as a waiter and shit, you'd be seeing like people at like a baser level like how different is australia
1: to be honest man like aussies love canadians and vice versa i think like we're very like just the people like we're very similar man very laid back in general polite cool people but i mean there definitely is A difference just with the lingo man like their accent and the way they speak their expressions very different um the the climate you know just definitely switches things up you know I, i worked very often just right by the pacific ocean just serving seafood you know so it's a bit different than going to work in montreal at minus 30 and going into the restaurant and working there so there's that too but it's i mean it's different because of the weather and the crazy animals that are there I was gonna ask
0: did animals try to kill you
1: to be honest man people be freaking out about Australia and the spiders and shit and the snakes maybe I got lucky but I never saw like a huge spider or
0: that is the most comforting thing anybody's ever said to me about Australia (laughs) (laughs) I'd be freaking out about animals popping out the toilet at me if I ever go bro (laughs)
1: To be honest, man, like, I remember, like, I was staying at my granddad for a while, granddad's place, and I'd see little, like, lizards, like, like geckos sometimes, like, running up the walls, and, like, that would happen because they just get in and they're around, but nothing venomous. Like, I remember I'd ride to the beach, and I, a few times I saw this sign, like, beware, like, brown snake spotted in the area, and by the way, the brown snake, I believe this is right, is the most venomous snake on earth so you know it's not too comforting when you rock up to the beach and see that but i never actually saw it or saw a snake so they're around but you gotta be pretty lucky man like they, they don't just pop up at you on the street you know
0: that is but they're around i mean i guess that's like how it be i mean technically there's turkeys in montreal right now and i ain't never seen a turkey but they're around
1: they're around bro you know you people definitely see them because it's a thing where think of australia and think of all that but nah man they won't jump up on jump up at you and i mean yeah australia is different but like people like i said speak like people speak like it's it's pretty similar man like we we get along and you go to australia you say you're from canada and they love you already bro for
0: real that is cool yeah i'm gonna we're gonna figure that out get down to australia um but But if you do a huge
1: hip-hop scene in australia actually some really cool
0: rappers i'm about to send you some links yeah i'll be into that i know i met a dude from there like he had been part of like the 90s 2000s australian scene and he like gave me shit like you don't know how spoiled you are bro imagine being an australian he gave me like this old man lecture about how hard it used to be and how they paved the way for us to have youtube and i'm like fair but yo, he was telling (laughs) me about like how deep the australian culture like it goes back like other places sorry
1: who is this artist? Uh,
0: C, like C E E.
1: Don't know him because I know a few sort of like more O G Australian rappers, but no, I've never heard of C. That's cool. I don't though. know how
0: significant he was in Australia to be honest, but I know that he's from then. He was part of that wave of people, and he he's crushing shit with like consulting on YouTube. Like you might actually recognize him from some ad trying to pitch you on some wealth simple. Yeah, at some point got a wealth simple partnership with his shit. So I was like, "Oh, you guys are Vim people now." But yeah, he also just dropped an album with some people I know. Like, so like you know, he's here, but taught me about Australia scene. So you're like out there. You're not that into music, and you said you then you're working, you're vibing in the life, and then you traveled all over Asia, which I guess is a lot closer if you're in Australia.
1: For sure, man! I found some really cheap, like three hundred dollar flights from. Australia. to So my first trip in Asia was in Vietnam. Um, And then I went to Burma, which is Myanmar, um, which is a really, really trippy, cool place, which unfortunately is closed off again now, because there was a coup that uh, the military government took over again and that bullshit. And then I went to India. India, by the way, is my number one favorite country I visited, man. So crazy, diverse, like I said, I always say beautifully chaotic, just a lot of stuff happening. And I also went to Nepal. So all those countries I was going to really just enjoying being out there. And it was cheap and immersing into different culture cultures and not telling myself anything in the morning, like I got to accomplish this or do this. I was just living, man. I had saved up some money. I was traveling, meeting cool people. I actually traveled with a couple in Asia who I met in Australia. So that whole sort of like three years of my life was just, I was having fun, but I was was also going through a lot personally and just trying to figure that out. And it was a decent way to do it. You know, it wasn't too stressful. I was working restaurant jobs, going out to Asia. And it, uh, it, you know, Asia, especially India, was a big eye opener and I think was very therapeutic just to to see how people live there and the degree of, of poverty and contrasts and stuff so it's it's definitely a, a chapter in my life that i think i had to go through i do not want to be there in my head again because it was fucked so, but um bro you
0: literally yeah. lived in eat pray love what's that i don't know if you remember eat pray love but i just read that shit and um you lived the eat pray love story
1: I've never heard of Eat, Pray, Love, but I think I'm getting. You know, she what-
0: travels and she lives life and discovers shit and gets over shit. And she had heartbreak. And in her okay. case, she ate, she prayed, and she loved. And each of these represented a different location she was at. And shit was like just- hot when you were too young to care. I promise you were. Because in hindsight, yeah, you were a little too young maybe to care. <laughs> but shit was hot, hot. It was like, the, it was like before the secret. It was like the secret before the secret. Like the secret was like the new Eat, Pray, Love.
1: I actually I read the secret a few months ago. It was, I liked it, man. I liked it. Okay, Eat, Pray, Love is like the, the okay, like the the OG secret. Yeah, which is
0: just like how to win friends and influence and people and shit. But like just in two thousand and twenty, you know, like that's all. They're all the same book. Like if you ever read them, like they're all the same. <laughs>
1: It's sort of a lot of the, yeah, man. I mean, and I say that with it's, love,
0: it's, not with bad. Cause you yeah. got to write that a million ways. Cause there's a million different people and everybody got to hear it the right way.
1: I feel that. And actually it's funny. Um, I'm nearly done it. I've been reading this book, think and grow rich. Mm, I heard
0: about Hitler.
1: that. So I, um, I put my brother onto it too. He loved it. And it's funny cause I put him onto the secret as well. And, You know, he liked it, but we spoke about it. And it's funny because it's sort of the same concepts and teachings, but think and grow rich is more like you got to have a plan for this shit. Yeah, your thoughts influence your reality, and you're sending out frequencies and getting the the stuff back. But you can't because the secret, what I sort of got from it, there are some really cool points, but it's like the secret's like think, think, think something, and you're going to get it, which is – to, to a certain extent i think works but what i'm liking with this think and grow rich which was actually written like a long time ago like in the 30s or 40s or something it was like lit for back then i find they sort of like mm. had these concepts he's talking about this but it's like okay but you have to have a definite plan you ask the universe for something but what are you going to give back in return for it you know so it just made me think of that when you said there are many different ways to put this this sort of concept of the secret across and depending who you are what your belief system is what you want to accomplish it's cool that there are different versions of it out there but i do that def- i really recommend thinking real rich man it's a good one really good book
0: that's dope um i don't know if i'm gonna read it to be honest but if it ever comes my way i will read it. it's just yo I-, I guarantee you if we were to like bullet point think and grow rich like we could do it without me reading it and i'd be like i'd be reading it for the style rather than the knowledge at this point and that's yeah, when or... i started was like nah i kind of have to like vary it like i read like 15 of these motherfuckers bro just because i read all mm-hmm. the classics man i read how to you know all of the like fucking seven habits of highly influential people how to win friends to influence people blah 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 you know it just went th- i don't have them all on deck in my head but i went through a whole bunch of shits like even just like grammar books just all this shit and it was like nah man it's all the same like by the time uh the subtle art of not giving a fuck was hot i was like i'm not reading that i already don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck about it now. <laughs> that's what it is it's a bit sometimes you're like i don't know if i can do it like eat pray love was is, is for like 35 year old women though so i'm like that's wildly interesting i want to see like that version of it because that and that's where i'm at like i'm trying to like get voices and perspectives that are mad different than like mine so it's like cool but just to read some next shit for dudes again i don't know i've been there <laughs> however if you have not read that shit like for real a lot you're not the first person to recommend it and i've gotten enough cosigns on that book that i don't want to diminish it and i i I, you know because it sounds fire
1: uh, definitely give you some tools to try and and get to where you want to be and another really good book is uh, the seven spiritual laws of success by deepak chopra i don't know if you've heard of it
0: Nah, but that sounds super lit because i don't know that i ever read anybody combining spiritualism and business before
1: and it's all about like your law, law of desire, law of least effort, law of karma, and it's by Deepak Chopra. This
0: really is that where cool the law, law of attraction uh... comes from? Yeah.
1: So he he, it, I don't think he sort of came up with that idea, but he embraces it and he says pretty much the first law is the law of pure potentiality, where he, he's saying you know um, that. When you go into meditation or simply just take some time to be in silence with with yourself and you just be, you get in touch with that field where all the unmanifested is at and anything we see or experience in our life comes from that. So if you can get in touch with that field where everything is possible and everything comes up from when you are still and silent with yourself, that's very powerful. So that's like the law of your potentiality then the law of desire, setting your intentions and the desire behind it and all that. So, I mean, it's just another book in that sort of realm of books that can be interesting to read, man. And he has a few really cool books too. He's like this, uh, I think he, he's like an Indian American spiritual teacher guide. Really, really cool,
0: man. No, it's dope. Still is. So you'd be reading stuff. You'd be traveling around evolving your character then you come back to Canada for some reason. I guess you've worked out the evolving and journeying.
1: I mean, I, I came back because I'd been traveling for a minute, man. Like, it had been years, and I was like, ah, I guess it's home. So I, I came back, but I... Yeah, man. Did you have like, to pay I, taxes
0: if you're not in Canada for a year?
1: I... Nah, man. I think that's only if you're working. I mean, I think I had to do maybe not with the federal government, but with the Quebec provincial government, I still had to, like, let them know I was not officially, like, gone, and I had to maybe pay something to keep my name, like, alive Mm -hmm. here. But, no, like, I I didn't have to pay any major taxes, no.
0: Fair. You just gotta pay taxes where you're at then, right? I sure did, bro. Yeah. Fair.
1: Did my tax... Didn't evade them, man. As they're, like knocking on my friend's door in australia he fucking ran away say no, no
0: i did that's a lot no, I, that pe- I i don't know i just like <laughs> yo i'm curious about shit sometimes you're like yo because yo recently i had that conversation like look <clears throat> it's not implausible i leave canada for an extended period of time in the next five years of my life to go do some business shit Okay, what do you do for taxes? You know, these are the logistics you think about in your thirties when you start fantasizing about your future. I know it's weird, but I you have to call the
1: government up, man. They'll they'll be glad to let you know how you can
0: keep paying your tax,
1: <laughs> whatever, amazing. while you're on. <laughs> you know, they'll gladly tell you, bro.
0: <laughs> That's fair. Um, so then you come back here because you've been gone for a while, and you're in Quebec City again at first, right? So. This, yeah dude do you pick up the music again right away when you get back or are you still just kind of resettling for a bit
1: yeah i was resettling bro i sort of picked it up on and off i always had you know in the back of my mind like all right man like i know i can do this music shit i've got talent with it let's do it but i'd always be sort of dragged down by my thoughts i was you know i'd get off substances for like a couple months and i was back into it like yeah let's fucking do it and then i like relapse or i was in this constant cycle of letting myself down and not feeling good so i'd like want to get back into it and like record like a demo or think of a song idea or whatever but never actually go through with it until like a year and a half ago man um that's that's when i really started like building what i'm, I'm doing now Cause so when I got back, I was pretty much just working. I actually it was cool because I started working at this elementary school where I went to as a kid, doing substitute teaching um, and like lunchtime supervision, which allowed me to save up some money and blah blah, keep busy. But um, no real like getting back into music up until last January, man. That's when it really started up again.
0: So what brought you to Montreal? So
1: I met, a. I I had already been thinking about it for, even while I was traveling, I was like, ah, oh, you know, when I go back to Canada, probably go live in Montreal, you know, it's more poppin', more bilingual, a few more things happening. And then when I got back, this wasn't right away when I got back, but maybe a year after I'd been back to Canada, I was in Montreal visiting friends. And one night I met this girl and we hit it off and tried being together and, um, I was still living in Quebec at that time. And she was like, Oh, when you get back from Vancouver, cause I was going out West just for a while to travel. She's like, Oh, like you can come live with me. So, I mean, she's, I guess the main reason I came to Montreal and that did not work out. Let's not get into that faster. Um, but yeah, like I, I lived with her for a while and then that was not working out. And, Thank God it didn't, man. It, it put me on this beautiful path I'm at now. I'm I'm on now. And actually, when it wasn't working out with her, um, I found this place in Parkex, and I've been here ever since. A nice, cozy little studio apartment right by Jerry Park, where the cyphers are at. And uh, um, I'm yeah, high man. key
0: jealous. I want everyone to know I'm a hater. Like I'm not a hater about anything except for Jerry Park. That is like a like I accept the Tam Tams. Like the Tam Tams is fucking blessed. I right? like I will go to the Tam Tams. Like I accept it's a fucking mountain in the middle of the city and it's cool. And it was like cool.
1: I'm gonna have to go.
0: Bro, you gotta hit the tam Times on a Sunday. Like, I get it. You're not maybe from here and you don't know that because it's been COVID. But like, the tam Times on a Sunday is like a vibe because you got like the tam tam parts of motherfuckers be tam timing. Then there's the rave part that's up the fucking grassway. In the middle is the sun tanners, but then you go up the mountain and if you explore for a minute, you're going to find the LARP circles where they literally LARP like full on. Like, yo, they let you use their shit. I was whacking people and shit. I got killed quick because I'm not a LARPer. <clears> then <throat> you got like sports parts. Like it's, a, and it's every Sunday in the summer when it's like not shit weather. Yeah, I
1: heard the Sundays were, were pretty lit. I just never checked it out, but it's definitely on my Montreal to-do list.
0: Yeah, I can like I wish I could go on Sundays sometimes, but like I've been in the past and it's definitely a huge congregation point of people. Whereas Jerry Park's just farther away and just Well it's five minutes for my <laughs> Nah, but I mean, it's like, there's a lot of shit happening. It looks like there's the right next to Barry Metro appears to be where a lot of venues be at. Like Oz Plaza and this next place, the Forge is like right next to each other there. And like, you just start seeing that, like, you don't get a lot of choice. You got to go where the shows is.
1: <laughs> Dope, man. Yeah, I got to check a few of those events out for sure.
0: I got another question because you're like the only person i seen do this shit how does youtube shorts affect your life like do you feel like it's worth doing
1: bro i started doing that just because like i'm like oh there's that shorts option it's like a quick little concise video and then you can hashtag like shorts and i did a couple and then like within a day it got like a couple thousand views and i'm like i like speaking my mind too like i do the music but i like sort of like daily motivation or good vibes or just like speaking what's going on with me and just putting it out there so i thought that was a cool medium to to do that and now that i I, i'm on tiktok by the way i think you found me on tiktok at the beginning you weren't sure you messaged me and saying you you found a video on tiktok i just remember that but um yeah now that that i make sense now that i yeah now that i make tiktoks as soon as you make a tiktok it sort of saves the camera roll and then i can just upload my tiktok to the short so it's just another way i guess or another opportunity of just getting into some algorithm or getting the people who are already subscribed to see another version of me or just something different from music or sometimes i do like song previews or snippets of my songs i mean it's just it's just another way it's just more content to upload pretty much
0: and do you find like people interact with it it depends bro I mean no I
1: wouldn't say right now it's super lit I mean I've had a couple shorts get a bit more traction and interaction but right now for me what's what's working and I slept on it for a while is TikTok man that algorithm is is pretty crazy the way it just ships it out to random people like people don't have to be following you to see your video hmm. like I feel really cool man like, I have yet to find my
0: TikTok cool. swag or I'm gonna be real with you I'm sitting on trash land and TikTok actually I'm not doing it right I want the whole world to know that as it because there's ways to do it right and I mean like sure. either anyway I don't want to go too deep into that but let's just say I'm being very random and I'm not helping the algorithm at all because you have to help the algorithm it, I think
1: not to say you can't sort of like switch post different content. But from what I've understood so far, is that like the more you're, you're consistent. Let's say you just post like snippets of your interviews or like even like. Because well, hey, the
0: problem is, is, is branding confusion. So I do that. But then there's the me parts. And on Instagram, those are two entities. But on TikTok, they're one entity. And the fucking algorithm, I don't think it knows what to do with me so i'm not in any lane and i'm not playing into like and i'm saying that because like i know what i have to do to fix it i have to have more social media accounts which is like like holy shit but you have no choice sometimes because i wanted to do all this shit but yeah like the behind that suit is its purpose and then myself i need i need my own tiktok and then because you i did this rant and it went really well on instagram and i was like like, not like crazy numbers, but it was more the interactions, like, and then somebody's like, are you the guy in the pink sweater? And that was like, oh, say fucking word, I'm gonna rant more, but if I, you know, like, so that's like, I see you doing this as I'm trying to like, cause a lot of us, no matter what lane you're in, suck ass at social media, trust, if you're seeing like a uh, hundred or less, it's not good numbers. I see people in Montreal with good numbers. I- I'm not those people. I understand like other parts of the game really well, but I'm still learning. Like that's why I'm at- so like to me, it's like none of us are yeah. really winning in the world I'm in. So it's it's curious to see how your experiences are, especially because you're doing the shorts. So it's like I was like, I know on YouTube, if I post too many videos, I will lose possibly subscribers rather than gain
1: i don't know man i feel like it's uh there are different ways to do it and maybe you 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 pay for like ad campaigns so you show up more often i i personally am not into that like i just
0: I i'm a big believer tested in that recently but really yo i'll or... tell you why i had an experience over covid some girl thought i was single and i was not single um And uh, she proceeded to do the I'm interested in your music shit. So I sent her my shit. And she said it's only at 82 views. What the fuck? And then like she acknowledged it's good enough. But you could just tell that because it's only at 81. It could have been the hottest song she ever heard in her life. It didn't matter. And then it made me... Because she's regular. What I mean is she's not in the music scene. And we are often so surrounded by people in the music scene that concepts like talent matter to us in ways that don't matter to like the the consumer for like lack of a better term like the person you want to fucking pay you which because keep in mind if i buy tickets to your show and you buy tickets to my show neither of us made a dollar that's what happens a lot in this shit so numbers get inflated in a sense but there's no real value acquisition because we're not really getting fans in that regard but then if fans are going to look at your shit and judge you because they will, then advertising looks different to me. Because it's not really about, like, I mean, this is what everyone's goals are. But to me, it's like, it doesn't like feel nice to put money behind an ad. But it's not lost on me that having 130 views is better than 80 views. Because just getting 100, there's like a little threshold where it's like, and if I can't get that organic, then fuck it. If it's going to cost me 20 bucks, 30 bucks, it's not like like that's what they mean when they're like invest in your career, you know, like what's what's really I, more important at the end of the day. I
1: I feel that um and paying paying for ads can work too. But I'm really all about just like man, I'm I'm enjoying just the journey, bro. And when I hit that first thousand streams on my song Yo-Yo on Spotify with no promo, I'm like, man, it might just be a thousand streams, but it's already and it's persistence, mm. it's having faith, it's working on your craft. And I feel you with like the girl being like, Oh, you only got 82 views. And if you would have maybe had 200 on it, it would have been different. But, but people, you know, it's not
0: even like that drastic. That actually would have been that different just to hit 200 versus 80.
1: I feel that, but you have to. I think what I'm thinking now too is that there are different. Con- too, man. People who really fuck with your music, who really love what you're doing, or just love music in general, I don't know. If they find a song they like, even if it's at less than a thousand plays on Spotify, or they see you with 80 views, they're going to bump it, man, and they're going to tell their friends. I think.
0: I would say I wish the world worked like that as much as we think it does. But my experience is that the people who do that are ignored by their friends because they're doing it like 18 times a day because I'm friends with those people. This is dude, Ismail Gadamsi. If he ever finds you and he fucks with your shit, it's a blessing. He'll band camp your shit. He is currently, because he listens to my shit, on some running it up. Right now, if I open my Spotify, he is running up Cool Man Logan's music. I can say that definitively. I can see it right there because that's what he does i can give you five names like that i know a lot mm-hmm. of fucking people that's not how people consume music that's not how the people who will go to your shows and dance and vibe to your shit consume music they're like just not caring about any of that shit they just want to hear you're right though you get it in front of them however you get it in front of them the rest of that shit true that's why it's like go to the shows. That's why it's like be in places where it's at. Now, in my head, I'm going, I can afford this much. So why wouldn't I try it?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the ads can work. I'm just like, it's Yeah.
0: It's, you know what, though? I'm not even lying to you. My goal is festivals. I don't give a fuck about little whatever. I want the people with the festivals, when they go Google me, to not be like, he's corny. So, like, I'm gonna just establish that that's my bigger goal. It really has nothing to do with that, and that world is that fake. However much you might think that side's authentic, bro, Promoterland, nah, it's not even like that. Now it's all business and all numbers. <laughs>
1: For sure. That's why. And that's at least
0: where I want. I want to go to festivals. That's the next step for me, at least musically, because I've been at this for a minute. And I I will do all the shows and the bars and shit. But like at a certain point, you want to elevate. And then you Google press kits. And then you Google how to get on there. And and you're like, oh, say word. I have to look pretty on the internet like you're supposed to fashion up to look pretty in real life. Like it's like that. That's how I. So do I I agree with the purity side of every? Fuck yeah all about that i did it for a decade now i'm like trying something new but
1: <laughs> yeah. we're all in different phases in our things and you know it's it is what i just personally like just for me i i just know my shit's gonna get out there organically and it's not saying that paying for ads actually a lot of people do that yeah, just to be clear I,
0: I have put less than a hundred dollars into this shit and it really was like a little bit testing the waters. Like I accidentally spent a hundred dollars. It was an accident and I learned a fucking expensive lesson. Did, do I feel like it was worth it? I don't know, but like, I'm not really like a, I'm really into paying money into my career, but like ads make me feel weird. But will I, but like spending money on my career for marketing is just, you can't find one of your musical heroes that didn't do it. Therefore it's mandatory.
1: No, I I feel like it definitely helped man
0: for sure and marketing is bigger than ads though so i'm not limiting it to the idea of paid promotion in that moment i'm saying marketing's bigger marketing is like having merch and like you know bigger moves having the right logos and branding all that shit if you're doing it right probably costs money my designers cost money my pick a resource costs money every guy who's going to edit this video not free <laughs> you know like that's what i'm saying like then you know, it's a business now. It's less, like, and in, in, I'm not a great entrepreneur yet.
1: <laughs> Work in progress, bro. Room
0: for improvement. However, what you said about what people are at, man, that's mad true. Like, if you be at the part where you're at, like, don't even, like, look at what I'm saying as advice to whenever it applies rather than just being, like, go do this shit. Like, if you're at this place, do your thing.
1: Yeah, man. Just, uh... I think it's important to follow one's gut follow your instinct and yeah man just just got to keep doing our thing you know
0: and so like when it comes to music releases you said you're at a place where you're just kind of banging shit out at home do you have like a whole release schedule planned out for the next while do you have albums coming
1: i good question man actually I, I wrote all of that out like last week i can't say i'm working on any like body of work I'm just really focused right now on staying in a good creative flow and understanding the balance between like not forcing things but also not just sitting back and doing nothing
0: mm. understanding
1: my creative uh, cycles and just staying as productive and just challenging myself as much as I can so I'm just worried about recording 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 and for the next while i'm just going to be trying to put out as as many songs as i can man um eventually maybe if i have a a bunch of songs um i really like maybe put them together and and make an ep or like an album but i just really just want to keep working on my craft and when i have songs that are ready fucking get a little artwork together and and put it out there man i'm trying to not hoard the music I have. Cause I know when I did it before like early twenties, I was so fucking meticulous about like, okay, like the artwork has to be like that. And it's not to say that there isn't, you know, importance to details isn't important, but I'm just all about these days. Like, right, I got this fucking song ready. Okay. It might take a while for it to be on Spotify. I got to get it out there, but I can put it on SoundCloud. Okay. I'm going to fucking share it. I want to put my stuff out knowing that I'm going to try and make something better the next day and I'm just going to get better with time and just get it out there, man. Cause a song I think might not be that good and I'm not fucking with might end up being hit, you know, no, bro, you have right.
0: no idea how true that shit is. I had somebody tell me the worst shit in my catalog was their favorite song. And I'm saying it's yeah. the worst shit. I made the beat and I was 19 or some 20 shit like young and it sounds fantastic flat like my voice is not even two notes bro it is just nasally <laughs> ass flat i don't know fuck all about anything and it's this guy it's like that's my favorite song and i'm like i question your taste in music homie but like i guess do you if that's Thanks the one the love. i mean it's not bad yeah. it's just baffling how much one man yo the strangest part of my life is how i can barely get consensus on what songs people like when i put out a project it's more like don't get me wrong i'm not getting crazy feedback but i'll get like seven people tell me that each one of them has a different favorite song and i'm like well that's not helpful for singles (laughs) but like it's it's just everybody likes what they like or they connect with what they fucking connect with and I can say that the more gimmicky you go, the more mass appeal it'll get. I made a song about pickle chips on a whim, and it fucking connected with people. Because if you say you don't like pickle chips, bro, I found out them be fighting words. I get tagged in pickle shit. People will send me pickle things in the DM. This isn't like it stopped. I'm saying it happened last week, and I dropped the shit last summer. And for a lot of people, I'm some pickle motherfucking hater. And they are going to tag me in whatever absurd pickle shit they can find for the rest of their lives. And I'm like, that's impact.
1: Got some listeners, man. You fucking, you got through to them in that pickle way, man.
0: Yo, it's baffling. I have to memorize this stupid ass fucking song because I think it can go way bigger now. It was, But that's the type of shit where like if you would <laughs> ask me if I should, sorry?
1: Shoot a video for it. Fucking dress up mm-hmm. as a pickle or something.
0: I don't know really? what I'm going to do with it. I thought about beating up pickles, but it, here's the problem. Anything I'd want to do had food waste involved, and I really care about that shit now. So ah, it was it was challenging, but we had ideas for it, and then life I, – I did a lot of – it was part of my little freestyle song run because I decided okay. – I had this moment where I decided to goof on what I perceived to be the most baffling phenomenon of rappers not releasing music, and so I just released the worst – that was the original intention. The first one was meant to really just be a troll album to make fun of a particular producer, Meticulous, who was super into like premium. Like, it's his whole brand is to be expensive and shit. Like, it's, and I'm like the opposite. And we were like linking up. So I was in his crib. I was like, you know, we were just chilling. And I just pitched it to him. What if I'm just unmixed, unmastered? Like, whatever. Am I going to try? So I did it. Like, the next day, it took me three hours to seven tracks. It's pretty fucking bad, and I have considered pulling it. It's the only thing I would pull from this run. But then I got the feedback, like, where's the hooks at? So I added hooks the next one. I'm doing it all live on Twitch, too. So I'm live on Twitch, freestyling these songs. And the pickle chip came because people were mad at me that I didn't like pickle chips. And I'm like, fuck all y'all. And so the whole intro is, like, me live on Twitch, like, talking to these people. And then I just wrapped the whole song about it. And it was a whole, there were, like, seven or eight people there. It was, like, a whole vibe. <laughs> And then it worked, and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Because, like, you know, there's that part of your mind. I don't want to be the meme fucking rapper. You know, all those things that you would think, right? <laughs> it's just that one. That one hit. It is what it is. <laughs> not all of them hit. Some of them are not great. Some of them are filler filled.
1: <laughs> Bird, bro. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. Life's life's been cool with music though. But the more you pursue it, and then. Your path will figure it all out. The only one rule is go to people's shit that you're not rapping at. That's not even like a debatable thing. Every book will co sign that.
1: You, you got it. <laughs> word. ah oh Man, you got to do what you think is dope. Obviously, I think we're all fluent by, by other artists and what they've done. But, dude, like... You're the only one living your journey, making your music. You got to fuck with it. You got to be your number one fan. That's what I'm finding out with my music, man. If if I don't finish a song and get back and want to blast it for two days straight. Actually, I, don't, man, I don't really, No,
0: that you know? that might be the hottest thing you said in terms of like good advice. Somebody else said that to me one time and it really impacted me about because yeah. cause keep in mind all of this to me is mixtape shit that freestyle shit I would call that mixtapes where they're not singles they're for the community if you don't like my random freestyle songs I don't really care I don't know if I even like all of them my actual work where I write this shit and put the effort in well that's all different upon which you know you, you know I have to like it if I wrote it I have to like it and then it matters yeah, but somebody said to me like she has to be able to bump her track her name's serenity by the way if you haven't heard her music you might really actually fuck with serenity shit like she dropped a song called blessings i can link you after a music video and shit so recent um but like she was like she has to be able to play her song a hundred times and still think it's the shit and i'm like i never did that one time in my career when i started i didn't care i was like a rush it out guy and then I didn't realize that impact, but it is cool. Like I became a huge fan of my music. Like, I think I'm the best rapper in the world right now for me. You don't have to agree with me. I don't, I don't think I'm the most talented rapper. I'm just my best rapper. Like for Fuck me. Yeah,
1: dude. That's, that's the way you got to be, man. If you're not your, if you're not your biggest fan, then you're not going to have anyone fucking with you. I mean, you might have a couple, but anyway the moral of
0: the story no it's a hot moral it. because it, yeah. yo, i know for a fact that like there's so many people that possibly are more talented than i in this game because it might not be a competition but it is a game
1: it is yeah
0: so like because you said before it's not a competition i thought about that and it's not and i'm like yeah, i agree with you but it is politics and it is a game those two things are both part of this rick reality we're in That's why I don't like to say names, but I do see habits, right? And you see a lot of people who be, like, mad talented. Like, if they ever, and then you get this list of things, if they adapted their approach a little bit, they would just, like, have more people invite them to opportunities. And that's the thing I think a lot of people don't know about is that, like, a rich person isn't going to, like, promote you unless they can play golf with you that was the biggest lesson i learned in the business world and it took me a r- way too long to learn that lesson then you realize everywhere is like that like so you got to dress nice because the rich people be dressing nice so how are they supposed to invite you to the nice place if you aren't already dressed nice so it's like these signals that you give off to the people you don't know you're supposed to be impressing and that's when i changed a lot of shit like i actually care about fashion more now and it wasn't very fascist conscious not because i'm trying to impress girls or fans but because i'm trying to show people i care about like the code
1: trying to now i get that trying to like mold in
0: to the community
1: certain, yeah 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 because it is Word. a
0: community right there's a lot of us like a lot of, and there are lanes and i believe i'm trying to pave this lane over here and you're doing your thing there and Our lanes can all synergize in different, bigger lanes. But it does require that synergy of, like, working with people. And that's where, I don't know, it's a game a bit. That's what I've realized. Everyone's, like, out there. And the people who are out there out there are the people people remember. And that's the biggest Mm -hmm. rule I've learned to this game.
1: I like that, man.
0: Yeah. Just this guy, Jay Uno. You might know him, you might not. He plays saxophone, but he's everywhere. He's just everywhere. Yeah, he's ill. He'll, Jay. he'll like be at the park. He'll be downtown. He'll be at this event. He'll be at that event, and everybody knows him because he's been around since forever, doing his thing. He'll even be at Snowden playing saxophone, like sometimes. Like if you ever seen the Jay. saxophonist at Snowden, that's Juno. Oh yeah. I don't know if he does other metros because I know that's like Snowden is not really yours, but that's what I'm saying. Like you know, but he's everywhere and people know him. And it's, like, big that's lessons, awesome. you know?
1: Dope.
0: <laughs> anyway. Um, but, yeah, no, I really appreciated talking to you. I don't know if you have anything else in your bag of tricks that you're up to in life that you want to share with the world.
1: Bro, I uh, – well, first of all, thanks for the talk, man. It was fun. I actually just checked the time. Fucking two hours just flew by, man.
0: Yeah, it
1: was, like, cool. uh, Oh, first of all, thanks for reaching out. This is – Like I posted yesterday, my first interview and and a lot of cool things have been happening lately, just more traction on Spotify. I feel like my stuff's getting out there more. And this has just been a very fun conversation. It's just proved me that the universe is showing me more and more, man. Keep doing your fucking thing. And good people are coming into your life. Doors are opening. Um, So nah, man, thanks for that. I don't really have anything else to say. Um, Apart from if you feel like it, you want to follow my journey, my music, you can follow me at Wander and Feel. So it's W A N D R A N D E L, Wander and Feel. Um, Yeah, you have something to say?
0: Nah, just put that in the chat, and then it'll be links below, but you should say it out like that, because it's going to be on Spotify, so for the audio-only people, his spelling it out is good, but for everyone else, links in description and shit. Yeah,
1: that's why, like, when I say wander and feel, it's pretty obvious, but I thought I'd still spell
0: it out. No, it's actually the right choice to be like, I started reading it out, because I realized, yo, what if it's some dude in another country that's not English as a first language. Cause believe it or not, and I don't have crazy numbers, but they're in crazy number of countries, like one, two views all over.
1: Awesome. Right. <laughs> so it's like,
0: I got used to working with people that don't speak English as a first language. And so like things like lyrics and stuff, it's not for Americans and it's not for us. It's for the people you're not like speaking to that maybe like would fuck with you if they could Google translate what you're saying and shit, you know?
1: feel that well i'm glad i fucking spelled it out like the teacher i from ksn
0: yeah Uh,
1: yeah, well that's about thanks again for for the talk and to anyone listening man be sure to be sure to follow your gut man follow your instinct and first and foremost listen to yourself man because you're the only one in your skin living your life and yeah some people might have some good advice but your best advice is your intuition man it always knows and um just uh yeah peace and love to everyone man thanks again for the convo bro
0: yeah and i just wanted to give a thanks to everybody out there watching y'all are wonderful for those of you that stuck with us through the live for those of you that did not stick with us through the live y'all are still wonderful but you could also come to twitch.tv slash behind that suit for the lives and then be part of the conversation etc um but now i appreciate everyone that's you know coming through i appreciate you coming through and sharing your insight like again it's it's for me interesting because i don't know people so this is just my way of getting to know people you know and getting people's stories down. Um, and you're the hundred fifty third one of the official Bridge the Gap. So that's uh you know, a lot of people we've talked to and you're just now part of that journey that we've been on. So thank you for coming through on that. Um I don't really have a lot more to say. I started the raid on Twitch. Twitch is dope. If you're not on Twitch, get on Twitch. So now we're gonna invade this next lady's channel and bring the audience over there. And that's a fucking ill feature. But on that note, everyone Live long and prosper, everyone.